0: Welcome to New Books in Film. I am Welcome to New Books in Film. I am your host, Joel Cherney. Today I will be speaking with Patty Farmer about her book Starring the Plaza Hollywood, Broadway, and High Society Visit the World's Favorite Hotel. The book was published in 2017 by Beaufort Books. The book is the story of a building rather than a movie or an actor. Built in the early 20th century, this Manhattan hotel is famous for both its history and its occupants. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Patty Farmer. Hi Patty, I'm glad to speak with you.
1: Hi Joel, well thank you for uh, talking about a topic I love to talk about, movies and films.
0: It's not often that a book is written about a famous hotel as opposed to a famous person or film. And, but this is actually not even the first time you've written about the plaza in Manhattan, but you definitely presented as a character in its own right. Um, since this isn't your first look at the rich and famous, but writing also wasn't your first career, so let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, where did you start your career, your first careers?
1: Um, <laughs> there have been a few uh, uh, mutations along the way. Uh I modeled for a short time uh, just to pay the bills and get me through school, and uh, then pretty much it was business. I I love business and uh, putting deals together and and real estate, but my big love is entertainment history. So uh, as soon as I really had the opportunity, uh, which was when the economy all went to pieces back in uh, about 2005, you know, 2005. I was able to uh, turn lemons into lemonade and uh, start writing. And, and I was just lucky. I was lucky that people liked my work and I could find an agent and find a publisher and uh, do what I love to do, which is uh, record the lives of, of a lot of our great entertainers. And, and we're losing them in droves. So I'm happy to be able to get their, their thoughts and histories on, uh, on paper.
0: It's interesting because I have been interviewing. I've interviewed, obviously, a lot of different people on a lot of different subjects, but some of the more interesting ones are situations like yours where you're interviewing, where you've written about people who, as you say, um, have either been who are all gone or about, you know, getting older and things. So uh, there's a lot that we need to remember about some of those folks. So it's great that that, uh, you can do that along with... uh, some of the other writing, you know, some of the other things, which are still very popular. So it's not just older uh, celebrities, but also more current ones oh. as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think they're all uh, really part of a circle. You, the older entertainers, you know, influence a lot of the younger ones. And, uh, you know, that circle just keeps going on. And, and it's important to get these thoughts down. Uh, from one of my earlier books, consequently about the plaza, also about the nightclub, the Persian Room. Um, Gosh, you know, I talked to people like Andy Williams. I was the last interview Andy Williams gave before he passed. And Polly Bergen and Celeste Holmes and Leslie Gore. Good grief. Leslie was the first interview I ever had. And, uh, you know, all these great people.
0: So speaking of your first book, it was called The Persian Room Presents. And um since obviously it's a part of the plaza, let's talk about that first before we talk about the hotel and more, in more specific, you know, on a wider scale. What was the or what 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 is the Persian room? What was the Persian room? Sorry, I'm getting around backwards with that.
1: Um, the Persian room was um, an elegant nightclub, and I I didn't know that about the plaza. And the plaza's been around. Uh, Well, it was around about 100 years when uh, I wrote about the Persian Room and all this uh, celebration and spotlight was on the plaza because it was uh, celebrating its 100th birthday uh, as an iconic New York landmark. And I started tooling around and I... I found out there used to be this wonderful nightclub that's actually mentioned in a lot of movies, you know, movies like Sabrina, where Humphrey Bogart tells Miss McConnell to book him a a table at the Persian Room for himself and Sabrina. Uh, You know, so different things like that, it piqued my interest. And I went to the management of the hotel, asked to look through the archives, and they didn't have any. I mean, Joel. They did not have any information at all, so I uh, started from scratch and did a lot of lot of research. Got the the basics, you know, the basic building blocks. The you know, when did it start? When did it open? Who whose idea was? You know, the whole history, the historic uh, significance of this beautiful room, and then um, I thought, gee, you know, how how can I feel like I was at the plaza and the Persian room a little bit more? And I decided to go to the people that were really there. Uh, People like Marge champion and, and her husband Gower champion and uh, Jack Jones and, you know, all these fabulous people while they were still alive, Diane Carroll, you know, she was gracious enough to sit down with me and uh, tell me these wonderful stories and, even uh, a short little personal stories about how she and her, her daughter would play softball in the corridors of this grand hotel. I mean, It was just really um, interesting. And then once I had all this information, which I had really done just for myself, I wanted to put it in a place where it would be available for the next person with an inquisitive mind. Um, so I thought maybe give it to the plaza management, and with the caveat they couldn't give it out to anyone, but someone suggested I write it into book form, which I did, and it was uh, very well received.
0: Now, it's interesting that you then got back to the plaza eventually, but then you also you went a different route for your for your next book, uh, went west for that book, <laughs> and uh, that was about uh, Playboy.
1: Right. Again, you know, almost the opposite end of the coin from, you know, the elegant nightclubs of uh, New York, uh, the, the Playboy Club. But again, everything comes full circle. And while I was talking to people who were in the Persian Room, they would tell me stories about how they started out at the Playboy Club. And like many, many people, Entertainment was not the first thing I thought of when I thought of Playboy, and uh, I I even give speeches around the world. And I I ask my audience when I'm starting out, I'm like, "What? What is the first thing you think of when you hear Playboy?" And of course, people say the bunnies or the centerfolds. But for many decades, they were the purveyors of great, great entertainment. You know, whether it was the music or the Comedians or the singers. many people started out there. and uh, the first book was about the music, and I had people like Al Giro, you know talk about starting out at the Playboy Club and being uh, you know found, discovered at the Playboy Club. And, and the more I dug, the more the more I found you know how important Playboy was in entertainment. It provided a circuit, it provided work for, you know, not only unknowns, but people also like Tony Bennett performed there. Uh, Nat King Cole was on the TV shows. Uh, Sonny Rollins was at the Jazz Festival. Uh, Shecky Green was at the Playboy Clubs. So it was, you know, pick a person, and they probably started at the Playboy Club. I had the, the good fortune to talk to Joan Rivers before she passed, and, you uh, She was at the Playboy Club. She started out at the Playboy Club as part of a trio. So it was just a a wealth of history. So much I couldn't fit it into one book, and it ended up being a couple books.
0: Right. The first one, uh, Playboy Swings, How Hugh Hefner and Playboy Changed the Face of Music, as you pointed out. Um, and uh, As you say, a lot of people probably don't even know this. Even people who might be jazz aficionados don't know how much these days, how much how important Hefner was to, to jazz becoming uh, more popular and also just continuing its ability to, uh, to get out there to people who might not be able to, to, to hear jazz regularly. Um, I think it's sort of similar in in many ways that the joke of uh, I read I read the magazine for the articles and yet the articles in Playboy are considered to be especially interviews are considered to be very good, so it's it, it is another way that you point out that uh, Playboy has more to it than than the magazine that we all know about.
1: You're absolutely right. You know, you say Playboy and people kind of you know wink and sneer and think. They know everything that it's about. But uh, Hugh Hefner was really, really brilliant. And he wasn't really brilliant. He is brilliant because we still have him with us at 91. Uh, But, you know, his business practices and business ideas and helping to break the color barrier. But uh, also in branding, you know, you see Playboy on a hotel and you know uh, that it's, you know, a great, great hotel or a great nightclub, and uh, franchising, you know, he he used the business principle of franchising before anybody thought of it, and, and the idea of having a club, the same club in every city, you know, if you think about it, it seems like a simple concept, but nobody had done it up to that time, where if you were in Chicago, you had your club there, but if you were a businessman, you had to be in Cincinnati, your club, was also in Cincinnati or Des Moines or Albany, you know, and on and on. So it it was really a a brilliant idea and a great, great help to uh, the entertainers, as I said, for decades.
0: So your second, you, you, as you've mentioned, uh, your first book was about Playboy and music. And, of course, your second one, which is coming out very, very soon, almost about the same time as your Plaza book is coming out. You're very busy. Uh, Playboy Laughs, the comedy, comedians, and cartoons of Playboy. So the, the humor aspect of uh, the Playboy's importance to humor, as you mentioned briefly. But that's your, that's your other book on Playboy that's coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I did not plan to have two books out at the same time. And uh, trust me, you never want to do that, Joel. If you have two books coming out, make sure they're months apart because it gets a little crazy.
0: So that's, you know, like you say, uh, it just goes to show that uh, Playboy as an enterprise – Did more than than the magazine so but now let's talk more about the plaza um oh good can you give me a like i said before that you basically present the plaza as a character all by itself so can you give me a little bit of a biography of the plaza its early days and how it started
1: oh i'd love to um as i i mentioned earlier Uh, It is, well, it's now 110 years old. You know, this building has been around 110 years, and it's been a legendary, iconic hotel from the day it opened in 1907. Uh, It's right on the corner of 59th and 5th Avenue, a beautiful French-style building. And, uh, you know, from the day it opened when uh, uh, Mr. Vanderbilt and his wife uh, registered to stay there up until today, where it's the go-to place for uh, presidents and kings and movie stars and rock stars alike, uh, it is still still the place to go. It's the place the Beatles stayed when they came to the United States to do that Ed Sullivan show, uh, and it's the place movies after movie Uh, were filmed. And even after the book book was in the hands of the publisher, I was at the plaza, and they were filming yet another movie. And I was thinking, wow, I'll have a a whole second story I can come out with uh, starring the plaza, too, because that's the go-to place. People know what you're saying when you're saying, you know, I'm staying at the plaza. And and everything from uh, Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest to Neil Simon's Plaza Suites to, uh, you know, pick one. Sex and the City and The Sopranos, they wanted to film there. So it's uh, it's a pretty uh, swanky place, but uh, just so much fun. Eloise, I don't know if you know who Eloise is, you know, being a guy. But, I mean, all our us girls, you know, we were read Eloise ever since we were little tiny girls. Our mother would tell us about Eloise at the plaza. And, uh, you know, just on and on, a lot of history.
0: So when, when I know we, we talked about plaza with the Persian Room, but when did the plaza first come on your radar as something that you heard about that you said that, you know, that, that it became interesting to you?
1: Oh, well, that goes way back. Because, again, in... The Northeast. If uh, you're a little girl, at no matter what your mother has to do, if if she's you know high society or if she has to scrimp and save, all mothers want to take their daughters to the plaza to have tea. And I was actually seven years old when I first saw the plaza, and my mother took me there to have a tea in the Palm Court. And uh, it was just magical. I had to wear, you know, wear my gloves and get dressed up in a party dress. And as my mother said, I had to wear my best manners. Um, but I think uh, just even recently, I was in the, the Palm Court and I saw grandmothers and mothers and aunts schooling these little girls, you know, into what life could be like. And it, it's magical. It's just uh Something that, for me, it was something that I wanted to strive for. It's like, I, I want to do this all the time. They have these big uh, palm trees right in the palm court. And I thought that was, you know, I had never seen anything like it. Trees in a restaurant. And uh, somebody to come and pour your tea. That was just, you know, the height of elegance. And I felt like a grown-up or like a princess.
0: Of course, the uh, as you pointed out, it opened in 1907, but it has had a number of changeovers over the years. But the good thing is, the building itself has the outside at least. I'm sure I'm sure they've done plenty of remodeling inside, but the outside is still a landmark in many ways. I mean, it, it's state, it, it's very obvious. I mean, it's one of those things where you can look at a picture of it and know that that's that's the Plaza Hotel. Uh, but it has gone through a number of changes over the years and but the good thing is is it's still um, open and was able to make it through, as you point out, the hundred years in order to still be a uh, a vital part of of the New York City landmarks.
1: you're right it's It's gone through so many uh, owners more than anything. You had people like Conrad Hilton and Jaja Gabor uh, own it at one point. And uh, somebody more recent, uh, President Trump and his wife, Ivana, owned it um, more recently. And, uh, you know, I think uh, President Trump owned it when they were filming Home Alone 2 with Macaulay Calkin. And and there's a a funny story uh, because at one point the director wanted Macaulay to... Uh, And you've probably seen it, and so many of your readers and listeners probably have too. But he goes skidding across the uh, lobby of the plaza. But the lobby had carpeting at that point. Mm -hmm. So they uh, asked President Trump, then Donald Trump, uh, do you mind if we pulled up the carpeting just for the scene? We'll put it back, and you'll never notice it was moved. He was very accommodating, said no problem. But underneath was the original mosaic tile floor. And, um, I mean, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. And uh, President Trump or Donald Trump, he uh, never put that carpet back, never covered that up again. But that was the original floor. And even though it's gone through so many owners, you still have these beautiful uh, uh, pieces of the plaza that that are original. The floor, the mosaic floors are original. The marble banisters are the original. The uh, hand-cut crystal chandeliers. These are all things that have survived, you know, over a hundred years in, in this hotel. So they're, you know, pe- people ask me why are you fascinated with the plaza. I'm just anything that can survive 110 years and have had Frank Sinatra and Ava Gabor and the Beatles and uh, the way we were filmed there, I you know, piques my fantasy and my interest. So I love the plaza.
0: So, of course, one of the ways that it has um, become you know, continued as it went through its various permutations and owners is that it now actually has, it's not just a hotel, it actually has private condominiums in there. Uh, and uh, so that was one of the ways that uh, that it has become, uh, continues. It's not just a hotel now, it also is a place where people could live if they wanted to, right?
1: Right, definitely. Uh, like many of the hotels, they I have residence, uh, you know, condos in them. And uh, the owner, uh, actually a Saudi prince at that time, had wanted to convert the entire hotel to condos. And uh, New York City did not agree that that was the best thing for it because, uh, number one, the unions didn't want to lose the work. But number two, you know, the Plaza Hotel is a piece of, of America, a piece of New York. It's a landmarked building, uh, so they didn't let him. They only let him convert a very small percentage to these private residents, and uh, the rest is a hotel for everybody to come and enjoy.
0: So, one of the things you said when you first worked on your first book about the plaza was the fact that there were no archives. I mean, or at least the people that you talked to at okay. the hotel had no archives. So. What, how did you develop—I mean, I know the first book was, was based on your description, and, and the description of the book was based on a lot of interviews. Well, What did you do for this second book? Where did you find a lot of the information that you were able to include to, to tell the plaza's story?
1: Well, uh, you know, really for both books, it, it involved going outside the building because no, no archives, no information at all. Um so I went to the the historic society, I went to the public library, I went to uh, film archives, uh just any place you could get information. So it was uh really years worth of research to uh for this book starring the plaza it's really a, uh, a photo album of all these great movies that were filmed there. Uh, Arthur and Crocodile Dundee and, uh, you know, just on and on. Uh, I went to the film studios and and had to pour through their archives. And, you know, it's almost like you uh, a sweater with a thread hanging loose and you pull that thread and you start pulling other threads. And, you know, I would be doing research in, you know, wherever, the Historic Society, and I'd find out that this particular movie was made over at Columbia Pictures. I'd go to Columbia and uh, go through their hoops and get permission, and and then you just you just follow the trail. But um, it is a a well uh, well rewarded treasure hunt for sure. I I found some great great movies, great pictures, and a lot of information I didn't know, and uh, you know it was it was a labor. Uh, it took years and years, but, you know, I found great photographs, photographs of Liz Taylor and Richard Burton and Audrey Hepburn and Eartha King, and three variations of the Great Gatsby made there, and I was able to hunt down photographs from all of them, so, um, you know, that was really fun for me. TV shows that were there. Uh, Gossip Girl, uh, as you mentioned, Panas. Uh, you know, just all these things that that once you hear it, once I say, you know, Truman Capote's Black and White Ball, you go, oh yeah, that's right, that was at the plaza. You know, Frank Soutran were there. Um, so, just a ton of mystery. So,
0: um, like you pointed out, not only does the book The Great Gatsby take place there, but are a, 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 um, there is a uh, actual scene from the novel The Great Gatsby at the Plaza. So of course it's not a surprise then that they tried they wanted to use the, uh, the, 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 the plaza for the film versions. And so that even to the most current version they were able to, to, to do
1: that. You're right, but you know what, Joel? I think that's a tribute to the plaza that they actually did that, even though in F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel, he mentions the plaza able to replicate because they they didn't shoot through the whole uh, hotel. They really shot in one room, but they wanted to go there. They didn't want to recreate this room somewhere. It would have been a heck of a lot less expensive. But they wanted to be in the room. They wanted to be at the plaza. It meant that much for all all of these productions of it. And uh, I think that says a lot about the hotel and, and just the draw that it had. So
0: obviously, as, as you pointed out, um, it became a very well-known place – from some of it from the people who visited there you know the celebrities but also as you pointed out more than once some of the the films and other um, media that are, that have been filmed there um, what in your research what uh, is there anything in particular that led filmmakers to decide that they wanted to associate themselves with the plaza
1: I don't think they even know themselves you know take it since, since. When you did you name your play the Plaza Suites? You know it would have been just as effective to have it as the Ritz Suites or the Waldorf Suites. He just, quite frankly, said, "I never considered placing it anywhere else." You know, it wasn't even almost a conscious decision. Um, But other producers. such as Hitchcock and Spielberg, Uh, it was the draw. It was the draw of the hotel, and it's uh, more than any other place, it says New York. It says a volume. You could look at the plaza, and it tells you it's elegant, it's New York, and it's uh, legendary and a little scandalous uh, and a little uh, glamorous all at the same time. So it, you don't even have to open your mouth. And I think that's what attracted a lot of, a lot of filmmakers to, uh, to film there. E- even crazy movies like uh, The Pickle, which uh, I did not know was filmed there, but, you know, with Danny Aiello. And I think it proves that drugs were running rampant in Hollywood during that time because the stories about this giant pickle that lands in front of the Plaza Hotel Mm -hmm. and uh, starring Danny Aiello, but they felt they wanted to film in front of the plaza, you know, that it just added to the story, you know, that people would recognize that hotel again rather than maybe the Pierre Hotel. It's not as telling, or the St. Regis Hotel, or any of the other uh, top-drawer hotels in the city. I think it was just, um, you know, like I write in the book... uh, you know, it just says a lot about what you're conveying. It makes uh, says volumes without opening its mouth.
0: Yeah, one of the um, most, yeah, what I thought was one of the more interesting in, in some of my reviewing of, of, of learning about the plaza was the fact that the, the, the Sopranos TV show um, mm-hmm. actually harkened mm-hmm. back to the Eloise uh, books by having right. them yeah, uh, Carmela and, and 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 her daughter that as you point out the tea or the luncheon that they do as far mm-hmm. as uh, you know being in the plaza
1: yeah just it it covers all walks you know it's not just the upper crust uh high society it's you know, just everybody. Everybody knows about Eloise. Everybody, you know, in the Northeast at least. But I tell you, I've been blanketing the country, talking to people, and even if they've never been to New York, they've heard about the Plaza Hotel, and uh, Eloise, and uh, a lot of other people. And luckily, uh, Eloise was written by Kay Thompson, and we think night, and uh, we're lucky enough to still have Hillary with us, and he was just one... Wondering... But, um, you know, telling his adventures and drawing Eloise, Eloise at the Plaza, and uh, just this scamp that lived in the penthouse apartment, and, and a funny story again, I know I said that before, Joel. But when the plaza closed for renovation, when they thought they were going to be converting the whole thing to condos, uh, they closed. But they retained a um, doorman, Ed, Ed Trinka, who had been with them for like 40 years. And they quite frankly made the job for him. They didn't want to let him go. And he just stood outside this closed hotel. But I, again, got to talk to Ed before he passed away. And he said... What people asked him him more than anything, they didn't say, what's going on? Why is the plaza closed? They say, oh, the plaza's closed. Where's Eloise? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he would make up all these stories.
0: (laughs) So. Uh, The series. Right. So basically then it's, it's, it, the plazas appeared in books it's appeared in films it's appeared in television shows and it's actually important for the for music as well um mm-hmm. it it definitely was uh what mm-hmm. was known for its uh its music um its home a, as a home for musicians as for per, 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 performing
1: right right uh, the Beatles wrote michelle while they were staying there uh john lennon uh stayed there stevie wonders written there um Again, you know, it's it's the place Stevie Wonder would stay at the plaza and ask for a room overlooking Central Park. Um, Now, we all know Stevie Wonder's blind. Uh, Why would he want a room overlooking Central Park? And he was actually asked that. You know, they said, of course, we'll give you, you know, whatever you want. That's what the plaza does. Um, But he said he wanted to just picture it. and, uh, And he wrote songs there. And was,
0: uh, and of course, people performed even in the Persian room and other in, in the uh, in the hotel. They
1: right. Definitely. Definitely. That's what it was. You know, the nightclubs of uh, that era. You had, you know, pick a name again, whether it's uh, Andy Williams and his brothers performing there or uh, the Letterman, you know, on and on. Pick, pick. Uh, some very successful performers, and they are like the opposite end of the Playboy Club because you did not start out at the plaza. You had to be great to perform at the plaza. You had to be Liza Minnelli or Jack Jones or uh, Leslie Uggams to get into the, uh, the Persian Room. And then you had other, you know, smaller venues in the plaza playing music. Uh, throughout the, the years, the many years they were open, the decades. And uh, also I have a section in the book that I call Paparazzi Press Parties and premieres, The Four P's. And uh, when movies come out and uh, the producers and directors can once again pick anywhere to have their their opening night parties, many of them, you know, choose the plaza, or if there's a press release, they they want the plaza as a backdrop. So uh, it has just been the go-to spot for for so many things. So many weddings were were had there. Carol Lawrence and Robert Goulet were married there. Uh, uh, Pat Lawford got married there. Pat Kennedy and married her husband there. Just on and on. Uh, as I said, Liz Taylor and Richard Burton were there often. So often they uh, wanted their room, and it was eventually called the Lizbeth Taylor Room. So uh, many, many decades of history and tradition.
0: So obviously one of the other interesting or, or useful, not useful, the interesting things about the book is the are the photographs. Obviously any book devoted to... Um, the plaza, or any kind of landmark hotel, or or location, it's the photos that add to the whole, uh, to the whole thing. So, how were you able to pull together so many different photos to that that so nicely um, describe and, and show the hotel?
1: Again, just a lot of hard work, a lot of going around to uh, first locate them and then. You know, negotiating rights to be able to print them uh, in the book, uh, and I totally agree. You know, I could have just narrated the story, and it still would have been a fascinating story. But heck, who doesn't want to look at a photograph of Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand in *The Way We Were* and remember that movie and be transported back to that time, or uh, you know, look at a picture of Bridget Bardot. Or uh, Marilyn Monroe. You know, I I thought that my readers, uh, you know, would would enjoy that in addition to uh, my narration. So,
0: is the plaza? I I think you mentioned a little while ago that uh, they were film. You know, the last time you were there, or you that they, they were filming there again. But is the plaza still considered to be a, a an important place to be, as far as? um not just for media but also you know for movies and things but also for for, for the well-known people or, or the wealthy
1: definitely it is it really is um, you know pick any aspect of it uh, the plazas the go-to place for it used to be society weddings and now it's just weddings in general and uh, when they were filming bride Wars there and you might not be familiar with that movie. Uh, being a guy, but I just loved it. It had Anne uh, Hathaway and Kate Hudson and uh, Kansas Mm -hmm. Bergen. And and it was about the importance of having your wedding at the Plaza Hotel. So, uh, you know, people book a year in advance. If you decide to get married six months from now, pick another venue. Uh, But yes, you know, it's really uh, the place to be. Uh, This most recent movie that I just saw being filmed there a couple weeks ago, was a a period piece Uh, I found out I think it was uh, something about Catherine Graham so they had old cars in front of the uh, in front of the plaza you know and you know filming there Uh, even even the uh, the rappers and uh, current uh, movies not movie stars but singers they do music videos there Um, a lot of it's the go-to place still. It has not gone down in popularity one iota. I still see on any given occasion, uh, you know, any movie premiere party from, uh, you know, Shrek and 101 Dalmatians to, uh, I don't know, just any number of other, other parties there. It's, it's To answer your question in a very long-winded way, uh, yes, it is still still the go-to place. It's still the place where you can say, like I just saw, I was watching a rerun of Castle, the TV show, Mm -hmm. and Susan Sullivan tells Castle, I'm going to the plaza. You can find me there when you get this all worked out. You know, so you just know, uh, you know, it's like an inside joke, like, oh, my gosh, the plaza, of course, you know. Uh, You know, it's, you say the plaza and, and that's New York. So,
0: yeah, it's interesting, I'm, you're right, that uh, I'm wondering what, I know there's a couple of things that, that are about Catherine Graham that are currently being filmed, including Spielberg's film about the Pentagon Papers. I think papers.
1: that was the one. Is that yeah, it? I Cause, think that was the one, actually, okay. with Tom Hanks. Right. Right. It's
0: Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep plays Catherine Graham in the film. So that's interesting to know that that that's because it's related that the film that they're making is related to the Pentagon Papers, which were released by the first published uh, by The New York Times. But then The Washington Post got involved as well. So I'm sure that's where Catherine Graham uh, comes into the whole thing because it's so. It's it's an interesting concept that even now, <laughs> of course, she was known for the. She had her. She was a a friend of of Truman Capote's, exactly. so that's where the plaza was. She was known for the plaza for that as well. Mhm. So yeah,
1: that was her go-to place. So you know, having a party, it was there. Entertaining, it was there. Uh, it's. I was uh, before she passed. And so many people I interview, uh, we just, we hit it off, and we try and stay in touch. And I had interviewed Celeste Holmes, uh, you know, the uh, Academy Award-winning actress, and we became friendly. And uh, we wanted to get together for lunch, and she said, you know, how about, how about the plaza? You know, I'll meet you in the palm court. So she and her husband and I, we were having a lunch in the palm court, and uh, Aretha Franklin comes in. With her entourage, so um, and and those two women are vastly different, uh, different types. But they both like the plaza, you know. That was uh, at the same time, you know, where they both wanted to have lunch. So it's uh, it just attracts everybody. It, it's so fascinating. Uh, the oak bar is closed right now, but the palm courts open, and uh, often I'll just go and uh, have lunch there and spend as long as I can there and uh, people watch, you know, people come in and some are recognizable and often I'll sit in the corner and just make up stories about the other ones, you know, that I, I know they're a Russian diplomat and they're doing something undercover and they're probably going to meet, meet with some politician or something. I don't know, (laughs) but um, definitely an interesting place.
0: So, obviously, you've now written two books about Playboy, uh, two aspects of Playboy, not about just Playboy, and now and now two books about the plaza. Uh, what other kind of writing? Or do you have other projects going on, preferably not multiples that come out at the same time again? I know.
1: Um, uh, I do. I always have uh, ideas backed up. I have too many ideas. Um, and people always ask me, uh, they want to hire me to write their life story or their autobiography. And I'd probably make, you know, way more money doing that than uh, doing what I do. But I don't have time, and I always turn them down and say, no, I have another book I'm working on. Uh, again, of course, you know, entertainment history, that's what I do. And I think I might do a book about the Copacabana. Uh, that intrigues me for a number of reasons. And then I still have one more book about Playboy, and it's going to uh, round out what I call the Playboy Chronicles or the Playboy Trilogy, and it's about what you alluded to earlier, the uh, great writing. Uh, Hefner, if he did nothing else, he hired the very best, and I mean, when I say the very best, the cream of the crop for his actors, for his writers, people like Ian Fleming, who wrote seven story, the Playboy, before they were ever picked up for the big screen and became On Her Majesty's Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever and all the great Bond movies we enjoy. He had Alex Haley uh, write for the magazine before right. he wrote Roots. and So anyway, that's, uh, that's what uh, I'm turning my attention to next.
0: Well, that's good because as, as, as we've talked about the uh and, and Playboy, uh, it 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 is an important part of American culture, not just for the magazine, but you know the the, the, the photographic part of the magazine, but also the, the the cultural aspect and the writers and and the interviews. There are still many many Playboy interviews that that if you read them, they're just unbelievable. John Lennon, for example, did a famous Playboy mm-hmm. interview. And all of those, it's just great that, uh, that you're get, taking the time and having time to really give them their due because uh, they are very well, uh, they are very good and, and worth the time to, to learn more about. The good thing is, because it's print, everything still exists, so we can even read them still, which is even better.
1: Right, right. And and what amazes me is uh, Playboy began 1954, and here we are in 2017, and there has been nothing written about the entertainers. There's been a bazillion books written about the bunnies and the centerfolds and biographies of Hugh Hefner and the Girls Next Door, and even Playboy-sponsored golf tournaments. But there's nothing talking about uh, the comedians and how Hugh Hefner broke the color barrier and put, you know, Red Fox and Flip Wilson and Dick Gregory on stages, it, almost in defiance of the segregation laws that we had up until 1964, or just the great uh, you know, um, great people like, uh, I mean, from every aspect Mel Torme and Cy Coleman to Ike and Tina Turner uh, performed at one uh, one place or another in the Playboy Empire, whether it was a TV show or uh, a club or, again, the festival. So, uh, absolutely.
0: Well, that's great to hear because, like I say, uh, it is an important part. Just as the plaza is an important part of of not only Hollywood but New York history, and uh, the people that are instilled to this day, as, you, as, as I don't know if you mentioned it specifically, but it's on the National Register of Historic Places. So it's yeah. known for its, its importance to, to the United States and in, and in particular New York City as, as one of those landmarks, those standout places in the city.
1: You're right. I compare it in the book. Uh, I say as much as the Statue of Liberty, the Met, Yankee Stadium, uh, that uh, the Plaza is a New York icon, and it's shorthand for New York itself.
0: And of course, Yankee Stadium's not even the same Yankee Stadium anymore. So, right, uh, <laughs> the Plaza even outlived Yankee Stadium.
1: There you have it.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, thank you. I really appreciate taking the time to talk to me. And like I say, uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, you've been able to find such interest. You know, get the information out because, as you pointed out, the and some of the other things you've written, uh, the lack of archives for some of these. Uh, not only places but some of the other things that the part of culture it's useful to have the background and as you point out as people get old and pass away that we need to do what we can to try to save the to save this information of this knowledge so that uh, people understand the historical importance of of the culture in the united states
1: right i, I was being interviewed and somebody said well why do, a very young interviewer, and, and I'm not that old, but she said, why do you do what you do? And I said, because these folks, we don't have them around forever, and they're our libraries. You know, once they're gone, once Andy Williams is gone, you know, all the stories that weren't told are gone. So um, I really consider it a responsibility that I have.
0: Well, and as I say you're doing a very good job of it because like I say the the books have been the book is very very interesting like I say it, it it's great to to read about a building as as and as as, its life. And it's still existing life, uh, and so uh, I hope people reach you know reach out for it because it's definitely worth the time, and even for the photographs alone. But the information you provide is just uh, very useful and interesting. So, thank you for finding time to talk to me, and I hope uh, your two books are very successful. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Joel, and thank you for inviting me.
0: My great thanks to Patty for her time. The book is a fascinating look at a still vital hotel in New York City. This is Joel.